This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. doing perfect man how are you doing very good thanks for having me on yeah yeah i appreciate you coming on especially since you know you're in the future and all so that's 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 pretty cool compared to me the future is bright um what can (laughs) i say uh the future is a little bit cloudy um sadly (laughs) but i don't think you're gonna need your umbrella um what else can i tell you about the future um toilets in the future they spray your own butt um, which is super okay. convenient. They will also play a little jingle um, so that it hides the plop splash sounds so that nobody else around can hear that, which, you know, maintains your modesty. Um, so no one knows whether you have, like, what kind of dumps you're doing. Um, also, <laughs> there's, there are buttons on those toilets to um, dry your, your bum as well. And um, heated toilet seat. Man, so the so the bathrooms are legit in the future. Bathrooms are super legit. Uh, trains <laughs> are pretty legit too. Um, if the train is late, your watch is wrong. Um, oh, okay, got it. They're that uh, on point. So yeah, future <laughs> the future is bright, my man. That's amazing. Yeah. So for for people that don't know, Andy is actually living in Japan at the moment. So it's what time is it there right now? Uh, half nine in the morning. Okay, yeah, and so it's it's eight thirty p.m. here in in good old Lexington, Kentucky. Um, so yeah, we're we're in a little bit of different time zones right now. But yeah, man, I I just want to say first off, yeah, thank you for for coming on. I've been I've been looking for an excuse to to talk to you for man, honestly, years now. And um, I had uh, I had Ellis McLean on here recently, and he just if you haven't listened to that my podcast with him here recently, which I'm assuming you probably haven't, mm-hmm. but like he went on and talked about you for probably a good 25 minutes. You know, Ellis, he can talk, man, and he he, can, he hyped he you talk. up a lot for, for probably a good and he can talk. Yeah. That, that's two things he's great at. But yeah, so I, I knew that I told him that I was planning on having you on and I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to pull the trigger. And so uh, that's that's why I decided to reach out. And honestly, I've been I've been a fan of of your work, obviously with the the muscle and strength pyramids and then just just following your uh, kind of model as a as a content creator, um, uh, as a coach. Uh, and everything, just how you how you live your life. I just have a lot of admiration for you in, in more aspects than one. So, so yeah, it's an honor for me to be talking to you. And um, yeah, man, just thank you a lot for coming on. Well, thank you. Um, what May I ask, what is it particularly that stands out to you about I what, I, what I do? Your... The first thing that comes to mind, honestly, is your attention to detail, your attention to detail mm-hmm. and your efficiency with mm. things. Like your... You, you, it's, it's funny, I was even... As I was writing out the email to you, I was making sure that there was no spelling errors. There's no grammatical errors. I made sure that it was concise. You're you're very, you do a really good job of, uh, and it's funny, I just made a post about this on my Instagram and it's why I, I look like I do, but I'm a big fan of being a silly goose. You Do you follow Chris D'Elia? No, who is no, who is it? The, the comedian. No. For some reason, I thought that I thought you did. So, Chris D'Elia is a is a uh, American comedian, and he talks about being a silly goose and uh, just not taking yourself so seriously. Okay. But what I loved about you is that you have this silly goose side of you, but mm-hmm. you also have this very professional, uh, uh, business focused side of you. You know, right, right. I see. Yeah, yeah. Work serious as shit. Um, when it other things like sure i can i can chill out and relax but like i I do like to keep um work things on point um and you know when it comes to work things there are first impressions really matter so Mm -hmm. um there's a there's that saying you know how we how we do anything is how we do everything and um you can tell a lot by the way someone emails you yeah as silly as that sounds right Right. Um, and we're not talking about, um, like, I, I get emails from people who are non-native English speakers, but you can still tell. It's not It's not typos we're talking about. It's just, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and then from a concise thing, I think you got that from, on my blog, in the comments, I have, like, a, a few rules that I mm. say people please follow these rules. Is that where you read about the concise thing? Yeah. I mean that, and also your, your coaching application, the, the process of, of all that is just, uh, it's, it's amazing. 
Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I think from a practical standpoint, um, I want people when they read the articles, if they want to go further and read the comments, I want them to be absolutely useful for them and really easy to read. Mm-hmm. So if someone waffles on, like I appreciate that they're enthusiastic, but I just request that they don't and they keep it to the key points so that I can answer. And so that it's not just about them, but it's about all of the other people that are going to read our interaction. Mm. So if you reach out to me and ask me a question and I get back to you and I get back to you, it could be concise. It could be pretty lengthy. It's going to be whatever it takes to, I think, get you the answer that you need. There are other people out there who will be reading that and be helped. So it's not just about the two of us. It's about the broader um it's, it's about the broader uh, community. community of readers. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I try to to keep in mind. I want it. I want the website to be super um, um, practical, easy to access, and super useful. Yeah, and so you've recently. I, uh, uh, yeah, I just recently visited your website again today, and I noticed you actually did a little bit of a revamp on a, on a few things. You even you even changed it up again, and now it looks. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks super good, man. Looks super good. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's been uh, the last five weeks I've worked on that. I haven't actually announced that yet. I've been working out some minor niggles. Okay. Um, most of the work has been done on the back end. Got it. Um, so um, just completely rewritten the code. Um. Mm-hmm. New, like the focus has been on speed a lot um, and then on the front end it's uh, ease of accessibility then obviously speed as well other comments fast even when you want to click the load button to read more like uh, does it reload the page or is it just like boop, and the comments pop up just I want it to be a buttery smooth silky experience for people um, so that they want to yeah come back you know um, so yeah there are some Visual tweaks, uh, but a lot of it is on the back end. Keep it, keep it going. Right, right. You can just tell. You can tell whenever people put a lot of time and effort and a lot of thinking goes into every little detail. Especially, I mean, websites are a great example. Uh, it's almost like a work of art in some senses. Like you can tell the people that go through and they're like, okay, the person's going to first come to this, then they're going to read this, and then they're going to have this two options to click on this or this, and it's going to take them to this, you know? So you yeah. can tell that that you put a lot of thought and I feel like it, it trickles down. Like you said, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. Um, and so I get we can we can honestly jump right into this. I had this down to to talk about. Sure. I one of the main things that I admired, like I said, was about kind of. I know this is a uh, a very Tim Ferriss type word, but your lifestyle design, just mm-hmm. your your overall um, how you do things. I'm I'm wondering if uh, have you always been very efficient with things and uh, uh, put a lot of thought and thinking into things like since you were a child or has this been as you became more professional, as you've learned, as you aged? Uh, could you expand on that a little bit? I have always sought to do the bare minimum possible to get the result that I desired so that I have time for other things that I care deeply about. Mm. So... I've always looked for efficiencies. And if I can have an efficiency that creates a double win at my end and the client end coming back to professionally now, then happy days. If I can create, so for example, that comment rule, um, that keeps things more efficient for me and it keeps things more efficient for the readers. Happy days, right? Right. Um, I, I happen to... Um, past my first year of university with, I think it was 43%. Um, for context in the UK, your grade go, ranges from, I think 70% is basically the maximum. Right. Um, you can't really get any more than that unless it's a math one. So even if you wrote the most brilliant essay ever, you'll only get like maybe an 80, right? Right. They just artificially dub it down because that would be a first class degree. So everyone wants to get above a 60%. Because that's when you get the 60 to 70% range is when you get a second upper tier second class degree. And that's when the big companies will look at you. Okay. Anything below that, they won't bother. So there's no point in getting a first class degree, really, because that would mean that you've put more effort in than was required. Mm. And you could have spent more time like doing other things. I chose to do some volunteer work um, and karate and uh, I don't know 
probably need for speed i was playing at the time yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and uh then so my first year i got 44 because that first year didn't count you just had to pass and 40 percent was the passing grade second year i ended up with a i think a 57 which meant that in my third year i needed to, no sorry i got a 53 percent overall which meant in my third year because it was weighted two-thirds were the third year grade one-third was the second year grade i needed to get 63 and a half percent i believe to bring my grade up to a 60 percent so that i get my two one i ended up with a 59 oh. um, no a 58.9 i believe which gets rounded up if it's at 59 basically right right so i was rounded up to my 60 boom i got my grade so oh. i strategically sought <laughs> out which classes um would be which had the best professors which classes had the most math so that you could just like i love the math exams because you could just rinse those and just get yeah 100 boom happy date right so that's going to bring my grade up for this one so um <laughs> uh, I, I went to the exam papers I went through, I chose the courses that had the same lecturer and had been the same lecturer for many years. And um, sorry, I should say I studied finance and banking and I realized very quickly I wasn't interested in that, but I'm already in. So I may as well like, okay, what's the bare minimum I can do? Yeah. Like I, this was at a time I didn't know I was going to get into nutrition and training, right? If, right? if I was back at uni now, like as an adult, not as a, like a 17 year old with a piece of paper shoved in front of your face saying, choose your future. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, uh, finance. Okay. Right. Right. It's like, it's ridiculous. That's how it works in England. Anyway, you have to choose your future at 17. No 17 year old knows what they want or very few. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm at the point and I'm just like, right, just need to pass this crap. So I go and I have a look through and I'm like, right. Have historically based on the papers, what are the topics that come up? So then I just figured out, okay, if I study these five topics out of the nine that we've learned, I know there's a 90% chance that three out of five of them are going to be on the paper. And that means I will pass the paper. So the other like uh, four topics out of those nine, I didn't study any of it. Mm. So it was, it was, yeah. So this is a very long-winded way of saying that um, I've always looked for efficiencies. Aha, uh -huh. do you see the... Um, <laughs> yeah. That was the button right there. That was the button at the end. The, no, that's that's amazing. That, that's a, that, that explains so much, honestly, to me. And it, it's kind of like, yeah, the same thing with a lot of people here with finals. Like if you want to work smarter uh, towards the end of your finals, you calculate, calculate up your grade and you realize, okay, I only, like, I can either get a 96% and I'm going to be able to get an A in the class, or I'm going to be able to get whatever a 45% and maintain my B. So depending on what your, your, your strategy is there, that's a, that's an easy way to, to work smarter and, and not harder. This, this, this follows through into kind of how I teach people about um, nutrition and training. Yeah, go ahead. So you, you want to, uh, in, in my opinion, you want to do the least complicated approach that is going to get you on path towards your goal. Because if you try something more complicated, then the chances of you staying in it for the long term go down. So my advice to most people, this may surprise you given what my website is, <laughs> um, is to not count your macros, uh, not do any calorie calculations at the start. Let's say you're trying to lose weight. No, no, no. Or, and not if, if you're trying to gain weight, not even bother with calorie calculations either. Perhaps you can just make some tweaks in your diet, kind of the obvious shit that people forget because it's so common sense, mm -hmm. because it doesn't have a hack or a bio hack punch that person in the face. <laughs> um, just stuff like, okay, let's say you're trying to diet. Well, do you currently have vegetables with every meal? What are you drinking? Are you drinking any calories? Mm -hmm. What are your alcohol habits like? Mm -hmm. um, are you consistent with your meals? Are you sleeping at the same time and waking up at the same time and getting enough sleep? Are you consistently getting down the gym? Not because the gym is great for calorie burn, but just because the, the, the act of going to the gym, not only is it going to give the signal to your body to hang on to muscle mass when you're in a caloric deficit, 
And for most people who are kind of new to training, they're going to gain muscle at the same time as losing fat, even though they're in that calorie deficit, um, because your body can use its fat stores to then fuel itself to fuel those workouts. And so you get that kind of a double effect there. But um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Catch me up, Matt. So you were you you were saying just basically you're doing the bare minimum with the people yeah. you're making the smallest tweaks. So whenever they're first starting out, you're going to tell them to have vegetables with every meal. You're going to tell them yeah, what are their yeah. liquid calories. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so, so the training, it's so it's not only that that um, the the best signal that we have to our body to hold on to muscle mass when we're dieting is the training. We we also have um, this act of doing something. Um, doesn't have to be every day, but every day is good. So let's say you're going to the gym three days a week. I would recommend people, if they have time in the schedule, go for a walk purposefully or do some form of getting around, moving around because, and I'm no fan of cardio. I'll put that out there. Mm -hmm. um, cardio for fat loss, I don't think is a good, um, mm -hmm. it just doesn't roll with my efficiency, uh, my lack of efficiency. Yeah. Um, it's a poor, it's a poor investment, poor time investment. But the act of doing something is then going to be a reminder in your day to make good decisions. Right, right. So it's not the car, the cardio isn't the. That's not the point. The point is the act of doing something. Yeah. You know what? You know who you sound a lot like is another one of my huge man crushes, and I know it's a, one of your good friends, and that's James Queer. Uh, I, oh, James. Yes, I like James as well. I'm a fan. He's, he's a good dude. He, I, I'm super jealous. I saw you guys uh, maybe a few months ago or a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I think right after his book came out, you guys were having a, a dinner or something. I was like, man, that's that's it right there. That's awesome. Yeah, he came over um, actually a year and I think it was a year ago now. He came over with his wife. They came to Japan. They stayed. Um, we hung out quite a bit. Um, it was, it was very cool to have them over. Um, yeah. How did that happen? How did that relationship happen? With, with So for people who don't know, James Queer has a website called jamesqueer.com. Um, he, he just recently came out with an, uh, an amazing uh, best-selling book called Atomic Habits. Uh, and his site, if you like anything that, that I do or that Andy does, James is uh, very spot on with, with how he does things as well. But yeah, so how did that relationship with James kind of come about? Yeah, so um, I can tell you exactly how. Um I think the lessons in here are kind of the principles behind it. Mm, sure. Because um, I have quite a, I'm very fortunate to have a group of friends and connections that are really smart and do really, really well. Now, why is that? Because I'm not as smart as these guys, right? And I'm not as successful as these guys, yet we're buddies, we're friends, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, okay, what? Let, let, let's break that down. What did I do? So in the case of James, um, this is kind of how it went, right? He linked to my guide on intermittent fasting. I think it was on, uh, it was a how to calculate your lean gains macros. This was seven and a half years ago, I think. He linked to it from his blog. And I saw in my traffic stats on the blog that he had linked to me and it kept kicking me traffic and it still kicks me traffic even today, even though I think it's like I don't know, 20 clicks a day or something. Mm -hmm. um, a modest number, but still, other than like a Google search and everything else of an independent website, his is the one that keeps, is the biggest link. So I reached out you know, way back when and I was like, hey man, thank you. Like, I really appreciate that you linked to me. And that was that. Um, you said oh, you're most welcome and that was that right um fast forward a couple of years and i see that he's still sending me traffic so i was like dude thanks man um i still get traffic from you by the way and it's good to see how well your blog is going and i'm sure we have sure have said something else and you know just kept in touch um a very small interaction and then fast forward um two three more years it's two, three years ago now, actually. Um, I am in Asheville in my friend uh, Greg and Lindsay Knuckles' house. Um, Greg runs uh, StrongerByScience.com. Great website. Great, great website. Mm -hmm. um, and Lindsay, his wife, is the kind of brains on the back end of that, as well as the editor, um, Greg likes to say she's the one that keeps the trains running on time. <laughs> right. Um, I might have made that up, but basically that's how he feels about Lindsay. Like, <laughs> would be nothing without Lindsay. Um, 
And um, Lindsay said to me, because I had seen what she had done for Stronger by Science, and I just think Stronger by Science is a great site. I think they're, they're email grabs lead people into some great content and then they give them lots of free stuff and that is doing good in the world and you know i really admire the way that she's been able to take stronger by science and make it what it is today paired with greg's great writing and mega brain right so i wanted to hire her i i want to hire Lindsay, right so this is my pitch this is my mission i mean I'm, I'm staying in the house i don't know quite when this idea came to me i think i stayed for like five six days and i'm like I think I might have already pitched her on the idea, but she's like, well, I've applied for this other position. I'm probably not going to get it because 600 or something people applied. Um, I don't know if you know the guy. His name's James Clear. Um, he's got a blog about habits. And I'm like, oh, hello, James. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. He's linked to me once. We've had a couple of chats. It's like, yeah, like, and then she's just like, da 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 Like, um, really clearly really wants this job. Right, so I'm like, shit. <laughs> okay then. So, I, you know, um, when I get back to the work that day, um, I open up a fresh email and I write to James and I've got a subject line, you have a chance to hire a superstar, yeah. um, which is a subject line that you can't really ignore. Um, so then I'm like, look, man, there's this girl, Lindsay, this lady, Lindsay, um, she's absolutely crushed it with Stronger by Science. Um, all the principles apply equally well to jamesclear.com. She's applied for your position. She loves your website. I think she's fantastic. Quite frankly, I want to hire her myself, but she wants to work for you, and I don't want to stand in the way of that. And I know you've got a lot of people that have applied, but flag this application, man, because she could be great. Anyway, um, he ended up hiring her. And, um, that's amazing. And so I was like, that's great, right? Yeah. It's like, nah, that's not because of me. I just like said, okay, put a pin in this one because mm -hmm. she's awesome and just make sure you don't miss this one because it'd be easy to miss, right? Right. And then I think a year later, I said to him, James, six months later, I was like, dude, you got to come to this conference in Kansas City. It's really good. Everyone hangs out and chills it's called the Fitness Summit. And he was like, oh, I'm busy this year. I was like, yeah, no worries. Um, and then a year later, I was about three or four months before the conference. I was like, dude, conference is coming around again. Why don't you come along? And he's like, yeah, sure. I was like, well, you know, I've got a um, king bed at the moment. Do you want me to change it to two doubles um, or a, a twin room? You know, you know, a room with two beds. Sure, sure. Called, right? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure, we'll share. I was like, great. All right. So came to the conference and then we kind of became friends. And then a year later, he comes out here with his wife. Now, what are the principles behind that? I think... If you have to like boil it down, it would be um, be generous and expect nothing in return. Because mm. I didn't expect nothing in return. Just the the reward was um, doing something nice for someone genuinely. Right. That's what I like to do. Right. That is the reward. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if I get anything. Mm -hmm. I, ha I don't think I've actually asked James for anything ever. Probably ever. Right. That's okay. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the principle, and that's kind of how I uh, network. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny is we. Um, so I know you're a big Gary V advocate, and uh, at least I, I've listened. I listened to previous podcasts where you've 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 mentioned uh, being a fan of him, and I know that mm -hmm. he's a big fan of uh, uh, the right thing is is always the right thing, um, and, and also uh, get you know giving without expectations, and it, it makes a testament to. Uh, what you did in that situation where you were trying to hire this person, but you actually, uh, you know, pushed her to a, um, what you may have thought of a better opportunity for her and she was really wanting to do it. So yeah, that's obviously a big testament to, to your character. And also where you said you didn't ask anything of James Queer. I had a friend on here recently. His name is Nick Sorrell. I don't know if, yep, if yep. I know Nick. you know yep. Nick. He mentioned I met him at that conference uh, in Kansas City. Like I met him three years ago, I believe. Was that the same one? Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. For So for the people that are listening, I hope people that uh, there's going to be a couple people maybe that have listened to both of those episodes, but we talk about uh, the power of the ask basically in that episode. And But he also, real quick, he talked about how you guys were in the bathroom, I think, at the same time. And then he, he said that you were like, you know what, like, screw this. Let's go. Do you want to go get a beer or something? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So I thought that that was I thought that that was amazing. But we were talking about the power of uh, kind of flipping that card whenever you're going to finally ask someone for something that you know uh, um, it could be a big ask for that person. You don't want to be annoying and constantly asking people for things and, and giving nothing back in return. And it takes those uh, um, uh, relationship building um, components before you actually have the opportunity to ask that person for something. Uh, and I right. feel like that's a big testament to, to kind of what you're talking about here. So um, let me just understand was it nick that said to me hey do you want to go grab a beer no i think that's he said that's what you said to him he w- he was talking okay. about i think it was you uh and maybe mm-hmm. he was talking about greg knuckles i think as well uh-huh. yeah you were both you were both in the bathroom right okay yeah it was, yeah sounds like a uh, something i would say yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah but uh that's that's an amazing story and i i'm i'm, I'm pumped to hear that uh um she was able to to get the job with James and that. And so you said, James, did he eventually end up, go- he did end up going to the fitness summit? Yeah. Yeah, he came. Um, we were all hanging out a couple of years ago. Uh, two years ago, it will be mm-hmm. um, in May, start of May. Um, yeah. So it was just before his book yeah. came out. Yeah. And so another well, one. Perhaps a year before his book came out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. And another person, uh, I was listening to, it was a podcast of yours from October, 2017. I believe it was a question and answer. You're doing a question and answer and you were, you mm-hmm. were answering somebody's question. And right before that you had, um, talked about how you got inspiration for your website from Mark Manson and from James Queer. And yes. as you were doing the Q and a, you ha- you heard a ring in the background and then it was your cell phone. And you're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of the devil, like that's Mark Manson texting me. And I was like, was it? yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, that's crazy. So, you know, no. So for people, for the three people who don't know, Mark Manson is the author of the, the, the famous book, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, and also his, his new book, Everything is Fucked. Um, and they're mm-hmm. both amazing. I highly recommend that. But you know Mark as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, th- that was funny. Like actually right at that time. I don't know Mark well. Sure. Um, I, I've met him... Well, I met him last weekend, actually. Um, was <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he just happened to be at this conference. I didn't oh, I saw that. I see, yeah, I saw your Instagram. Yeah, it was Nathan Barry's uh, uh, conference, uh, ConvertKit. He's got this great email software targeted at um, creators, mm-hmm. creators being say bloggers, writers, um, YouTubers, um, content creators of, of any type. You know, video course creators, email course creators. Um, really, really good software. ConvertKit, really great guy. I really like Nathan. Um, sure. Uh, ConvertKit is going to be huge. Um, and his heart's in the right place here in his team. Um, yeah, he just happened to be there. And uh, I found out a couple of days before, and I was like, dude, uh, do you want anything from Japan? And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm fine. So I was like, well, I got you some, um, I got you some banana-shaped um, raccoon-printed uh, chocolate, uh, coffee, banana cream filled cakes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just a um, little, little su- subtle yeah, gift. There. Yeah, just a little something. So I was like, well, who do I know at the conference? I was like, I know Nathan, I know Mark. Great. So I bought two boxes. So I was like, Nathan, I got him some Kit Kats and some, some banana, different banana, Tokyo banana flavor, um, little cakes. Cause he's got a family to feed. Right. <laughs> right. I got him some more. Um, yeah, at, at that time, a couple of years ago, I happened to meet Mark at a conference in, um, what's that hippy-dippy town near Denver? <laughs> D- uh, Bol- or a Boulder? Boulder. Boulder, yes. Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where everyone thinks they're better than you because <laughs> they don't drink Starbucks. <laughs> it's like, why people rag on me for drinking Starbucks. It's like, you are just a snob. <laughs> um, all right, anyway, sorry. So we, I went to that conference, Mark was there, um, and that was an interesting one, actually. Is this interesting or am I rambling? No, no, please go ahead. Boy, I like it. I'm, I'm interested, so that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so like, basically, like, I don't want to make it seem like Mark and I are buddy-buddy. Like, we're not. We just happened to have just met recently, like, before that, and he happened to actually text me at the time. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do think his website is great, and James Clare's website is great. And when I did the recent redesign, I said, "Right, 
I want the feeling. I want that kind of the beautiful simplicity of the design that Mark Manson has and James Clear has. I gave that project to the dev. And I, it was a bit more complicated than that, a bit more hands-on. But I was like, right, I want you to see what you can come up with. Go. Mm -hmm. So I have been a fan for a while, and we finally got that done, like, just now, actually. Right. Um, yeah, that one at the time, like, I met Mark in the gym prior to the conference. Like, he was on the chest press. I was doing some chins. I turned around and said, hey, man, um, you here for the conference? My name's Andy. He's like, oh, Mark, nice to meet you. I like, Mark. Ah, Mark Manson. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, love your blog, man. Um, read a couple, two, three of your articles. That's all. Didn't know much more about it. Um, I knew who he was. Right. I was like, oh, cool, yeah. Anyway, I'll leave you to work out, get back to it. And that evening, we're standing at the bar. Uh, and, and Mark's next to me. And I'm like, oh, hey, man, how's the conference so far? Blah, blah, blah. And we're waiting to get served. And it's, you know, it's that first drink rush on the bar. And, uh, and I said, so I finally got the barman's attention and I've ordered which means that now I can turn to my left and actually have a chat without that nervous tension of, got to get the barman's eye, uh, right? <laughs> right? Don't want to speak to anyone before that because <laughs> yeah. I might lose focus, right? Um, so I turn it and I was like, so uh, how's the book sales going? And he goes, Pr pretty well. <laughs> and I'm like, something like that. And I'm like, because he had a smile, like a coy smile on his face, like a confused smile. And I was like, oh, really well then. And he's like, yeah, uh, yeah like we're... And I was like, dude, I live in Japan. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's like, yeah, like number one, Barnes & Noble, number one, New York Times, number one, um, Amazon. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. I was like, it was like, yeah. I was like, wow, high five. I was like, right, I think we need tequila then, don't we? <laughs> um, and then like since then, this was... So is it either 17? Yeah, this is, must have been 2017. Um, and then the book just went, poof. And now um, I asked him on the weekend, I was like, so how, how, how are the book sells? It's like 8.2 million copies sold. 8.2 million copies. That's not dollars. It's 8.2 million copies of the book. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. It's like one of the, like, yeah, it's like one of the best probably ever selling on I, Amazon. I think, that, I think that makes him like the best selling nonfiction writer of the decade, That's, which is crazy. It's crazy to think about. I, I, like even saying that makes me think I must be wrong. It's like, no, Seth Godin must be sure. more or whatever. Right? It's like, right. Whoa. Yeah. So that's like, so it's quite funny. Um, but yeah, that's, Kind of how that happened. I was just randomly at a conference, said hello, and yeah, kept in touch. And yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I yeah, the, 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 that is so crazy. Yeah, he's he's done amazingly well, and his new book. I, I'm currently almost I'm almost done with it, but it's it's another one that's just like you've got to you've got to take your time with it. You've got to really soak it in. But as you soak it in, you're like, oh my gosh! Like, there's so many light bulb moments that that you that you get through have you have you started reading his newest book yet no not yet no i've got it on i think i ordered it a couple of weeks ago um i don't know where it is it might be lost in the ether because it wasn't available in japan yet oh so right i've got to have them like shipped over so. right 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 yeah. well it's interesting it's interesting that like i feel like um so you looked up to you looked up to James Queer, you looked up to to Mark Manson, and I feel like this is a lot of stuff that I do and other people maybe like so physiqueonomics. Adam Ali, I, I love Adam. Mm -hmm. I think he's a, a great creator, a great coach. Um, he is. The, the, he is. Yeah. I, I can't speak for his coaching. I haven't had his coaching. Sure. Um. Um. I, I don't know anything about it. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I just say I don't know his his creativity, his wit. Uh, I really like what he puts out it's unique and i think we need more uh adam ali's in the world i agree frankly. i 100 percent agree man i had i had him on the podcast uh, uh 
the uh, the other day, and it was it was one of the best it was one of the best performing podcasts that I've I've done yet. Just because his audience is just so they 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 are committed to him, and they <laughs> and he doesn't do podcasts hardly ever. So and whenever he came on here, it was like the meme, like it was like it was like somebody shooting rainbows out of their mouth because I just feel like he had so much to say about things because <laughs> he never had he's never on a podcast or something. But it was uh mm. it was a really really great one. Um, but yeah, but with, uh, but with Adam, what I was getting at is as far as his creativity and the people that he looks up to, mm-hmm. uh, he looks up to, to people like Mark Manson, uh, and people that aren't necessarily in the fitness industry. So do you have like, whenever you first started out in fitness, I'm curious, like, did you look up to a lot of people in the fitness industry to try and navigate what they were doing? Or did you look at people like James Queer or uh, uh, Mark Manson, or I know you're Noah, Noah Keegan. Is that how you say his name? Kagan? No, Kagan. Yeah, yeah, you're a yeah, fan yeah. of him as well. Him. So yeah, you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. Um, right, so I started off looking up to uh, Lyle McDonald, Martin Boken, and Alan Aragon. I think those are the big three looking at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, Great websites, great writers, really interesting um, people in the industry and um, places to learn, really. Um, it wasn't like, oh, I think they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like what these guys are doing. Um, some good things and what can I learn from there and the way that they do things and, and how can I improve? And then um, as I've... So the first conferences I went to, they were all fitness ones. Mm-hmm. And recently, they're way more varied. Um, they tend to be other people that are running their own businesses, not fitness-focused. Maybe some fitness people there, but mm-hmm. um, just by getting out of the fitness bubble, it helps give me ideas from other industries. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I feel like that's essentially what I'm trying to do uh, with this podcast and kind of the general direction of, uh, so I'm coming out with my own new website too. It's it's just going to be mattmcleod.org. Um, and and I've sent my developer, actually your site and, and James's site um, and mm-hmm. Adam Ali's site basically. And I was like, I want something similar, similar to these. Um, but I think it's cool how you can I, I feel like you do a good job of pulling ideas uh, from certain top performers uh, or things like that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of it's it's I feel like it comes back to the efficiency thing. Like you see people yeah. doing good things, whether it's in your field or not. And you're you're kind of mimicking that. I'm cur- Have you ever have you ever felt like because I struggle with this for sure. So this is a selfish question, to be honest, uh, about copying others or do you feel like you're mimicking or just kind of putting your own spin on things uh what do you what do you think about what do you think about that Uh, it's hard to know where the lines between copy mimic and putting your own spin are um in art and art and i mean art and music Mm -hmm. and writing we're all influenced by others whether we admit that or not you are we are um, and it may be subconscious when you come out with something, um, or it may be that you know what you're emulating or putting your own spin on. Um, and if you know it, are you prepared to give credit for it or not? So in my case, I'm happy to give credit. It doesn't take anything away from me. Right. Now you asked me about my website. You said it looks good. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I got those ideas from Mark and uh, James. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think they're they're really good. And I've, I've asked James, I was like, how did you get your website where it is? It's like, ah, well, if you go to the articles, you'll notice I've written the best dot, dot, dot. Right. Which makes it rank, it, at the time, like these SEO tricks aren't necessarily as relevant anymore. But like, it made it rank better in Google. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, that's really interesting. So then I tried that. Um, I think it really worked. But mm-hmm. It just made me sound a bit arrogant, I think, for a while because I had the best damn art of nutrition articles or whatever. That was, that's quite Adam Ali stuff. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. The best motherfucking fat loss article on the internet. Yeah. 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 That was a good um, one. That, that was, was amazing. I, I, 
I uh, was highly jealous when I saw that title. I was like, shit. Oh, and then the artwork to go with it. He had like unicorns flying, like fire breathing, dragons and stuff. Like everywhere. It was just, it was so good. <laughs> sunglasses on. It's yeah. it's very Adam, yeah. basically. Does he do those himself? Oh, yeah. He must. Oh, do. yeah. He's That's the thing. That's what, that's what like that's what separates him. I feel is his illustrations. Like, you know, what's funny is I, um, I did, uh, uh, some, I, I did an article on John Romanello's site actually. And I, um, I, it was on infographics and it was, it was, uh, how to make, how to make good fitness infographics basically. Uh, and I wanted to, I asked a bunch of people in the industry. So like Carter Good, um, I asked, uh, who else? Uh, Jordan Syatt, just a few of the big people who, who started doing the infographics first. And I was like, what tips would you have? Uh, like, what would you give uh, to people? And I reached out to Adam and I didn't even think about it. Like, I didn't think it through really. And I asked him for, for his advice or whatever. And he was like, honestly, the infographics really pissed me the fuck off. And I don't think my, uh, my, um, uh, whatever his posts and things are infographics. He was like, I, I see them more as illustrations and art. And I was like, dude, you know what? I was like, I'm actually sorry for, for, for putting you in the category of infographics. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was, it was really funny that, that he, he just has a very, um, he cares about the craft. He cares about the craft of putting out good information for, I feel like it's more for himself, but it shows with his audience and his, the work that he puts out. Yeah. I, I agree with what he said there. Um, I wouldn't call them infographics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I mean, this is with words, distinctions, um, infographic is a new word, where are the boundaries? But yeah, he's got, uh, his, his illustrations tell a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, the other thing I got from James. Yeah, go ahead. I think this is the biggest thing. Now was the way that he built his site was consistency. And though I haven't asked Mark this, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's the same. Um, consistency. So James made a commitment for three years to put out two articles a week, Monday, Friday. So not only does he get better at writing, but people know when his content's going to drop. Mm-hmm. It forces him on a schedule, and that grew his website big. Are all of these articles known and recognized now? Hell no. doesn't matter. So if one in ten are, happy days. Right. Right? Right. Do, yeah. I'm, do you have any, do you have any, um, I hate to say like hacks or any type of, what I used to do was hacks. I had a, I, I ha- don't, don't, don't say hack. I hate the word hack. Are you going to get me on my anti-hack rant? <laughs> Why don't you just say biohack <laughs> and then I'll, we'll just like wrap this up in some butter coffee. And, uh, no, you just upset me. You ruined my mental state. Okay. How about like rituals? So I like, I like rituals better. Uh, I had a whiteboard that I had in front of my, I had process goals essentially. And, uh, it was part of, it was kind of like deliberate practice, like James Clear talks about. And I had a whiteboard in front of the desk that I worked on and it was, it was whatever. It was one article a week. It was like five posts on Instagram per week. And I had a tally mark and I put tally marks every time I did what I said I was going to do. That's a good idea. Do you have any like consistently ha- consistency hacks either for your business or that you use for your clients or, uh, so either consistency or just productivity, uh, or something along those lines? <sighs> Hey, this is a big question. Your whole um, life, <laughs> basically. I mean, yes. Um, let's choose a specific area. Let's say when it comes to writing, I tend to write when I feel that I've got something worth writing. Um, I, th- I think it would be better, though. A better process, a better way of doing it is to write down titles of stuff you want to write sit at your desk every morning and spend 30 minutes uninterrupted first thing and pick one of those titles and work on it. So step one, descriptive titles. Let that dictate what the article is going to be so you have a clear image in your mind first. And I do mean a descriptive title so people know what it's going to be. No clickbait, but make it engaging, right? So for example, how to bulk Mm -hmm. without gaining excess fat or excessive fat without getting fat is the title I ended up going on, right? So not right. Now, next step, outline. What are the sections in there? Then the next step, 
fill out the outline. Once you've got the title, then the, then the outline flows. Once you've got that outline, then the content within it flows. You get the first draft, and then you can iterate on the drafts, right? Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is a good process for writing. Certainly helps me, anyway. Right. Um, do you have a certain time of the day? Like, do you, is this something you're like, okay, you know, uh, it's the whole, like, um, I, there was that one quote about motivation. Like, luckily I get motivated every time it's whatever, seven o'clock and I'm sitting in my chair and then I just have to start writing. So do you, is it something that you, you know, okay, seven, do you follow a good schedule? Is that something that keeps you motivated and keeps you on point with what you're supposed to do each day? Or is it something different? Um, um, I don't have a strict schedule for it, but I do find that. Um, first thing in the morning is when I tend to be uh, do my best um, writing. I would say right, creative, non-process oriented. Right, work. right. And what about with with clients? Do you have do you have? So you you talked about some clients. Uh, I'm sure I know you have some clients counting macros and 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 calories and things like that. But then you have others. All of them. Okay, all of them. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if you had all a habit based approach with with some of them as well or do you do you do both maybe conjunction well i mean where the habits start and stop right like is counting macros a habit is um keeping your shit together when you're away and even though you can't count macros you're going to do abc um is that a habit uh, i don't know it's a tough one to say is jumping on the scale every morning have to go into the bathroom noting it down in a notepad that you've put by the sink before you wash your hands so that you cannot um, so you've made it easier for yourself so that you cannot forget and then take the average at the end of the week and then compare those averages over weeks so that you're not falling into these mental traps of the fluctuations that happen day to day. Mm -hmm. Is that a habit? I guess it's a habit. So I get my clients to check in every couple of weeks on a Saturday, which means, and then I answer that I, Monday is my client check-in day. So I work with half of my clients one week, half of my clients another week. Um, they reach out to me. I don't remind them. It's like just you will check in before midnight on a Saturday. And, you know, they're, they're adults. They don't need an email reminder for that. They can mm -hmm. check that in, right? They're paying good money, so of course they will. Then on the, on the Monday, I will um, have a look at their um, update to me. And this is a structured update. So they'll send over the spreadsheet. And on the one tab of the spreadsheet, they'll have their weight data, they'll have their measurement, body measurement data, they'll have their adherence to the calorie targets, they will have their adherence to training, these are both as a percentage. I'll then get them to rate their sleep, stress, fatigue, and hunger of from zero to five, five being the worst, zero being no issues, none. Um, and then under that, I'll just ask them to, I'll choose like four or five lifts, and then I'll say, right, I want you to write progressing, or not progressing, recovered, and not recovered. And this gives me a snapshot of where they're at. Now, on the other tab of the sheet, I get them to write actually the specifics of their workouts. So um, what exercise, how many sets and reps that I've already planned out for them, right? Now, then in the email, I get them to, um, I, again, I have a structured email that I get them to write to me, um, which is, Rate your motivation out of 10. Um, you're having any issues right now, write them in some bullet points. And there's another couple of questions in there, but that gives them a chance, you know, to, to express themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just check through those mails on a Monday and write responses. Or for those that have bought the video response, um, I um, open up the spreadsheet, do a screen record. My face is in the bottom left corner of the screen and I point to stuff in the spreadsheet and say, hey, so this is where I think we're at. I don't think we should change things because looking at the data, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, just explaining things. Um, so that is uh, very organized. Um, the reason that I do Saturday midnight as a deadline, not Sunday midnight, is because I'm in Japan. They could be in any time zone. Um, a lot of my clients are in the U.S., mm -hmm. And, you know, that means that they're up to 16 hours um, behind. So it makes sense to keep the deadline like one day separate. So wherever I am in the world and wherever they are in the world, it means that I know that Monday, Monday is my client day, I will have um, their updates in my inbox, which means that I can then plan the rest of my week, which is important. It also means that I can give a very, very consistent service 
to my clients. Mm-hmm. So I don't do fast email responses, but they damn well know that I will respond and they know it's going to be in an appropriate amount of detail. God, that's, yeah, no, I, I just, I love, I love hearing all of that. It's just, it's, it's really cool to, to hear you talk about it as, as the, the listeners can, can hear, like you've thought this through from, from the very start to the very end of, of all of it. And I think it's, uh, it's, well, and also yes. years you've now, gone through. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing. How long? Have yeah, you, yeah. 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 I've gone through years. How long have you been in the up? fitness like, industry? I've been doing, <laughs> uh, well, I've been coaching people online for eight years. Okay. Um, so, you, you know, like this is uh, this is a this is the current version. Mm-hmm. This is a 2009 version of my coaching. Right. How I do things, and I'm iterating all the time. Right. So this is like the, uh, my best version, my best self, <laughs> my best version <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, of what I d- deliver and offer, and um, I'm sure this will change in two years. I mean, I damn well hope so that right. it changes. Because if it doesn't, it means I haven't learned <laughs> yeah. anything in the next two yeah, years, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it might sound smart now, but you know, I just learned this as I went along and tweaked things and tried to make a better service for people. Yeah, and yeah. It- it's not that I'm just this mega brain. It's just you know, if you try to get that one percent better every day idea, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And if people want to, uh, uh, like if they want the in-detail version of that, The the Last Shred is a, uh, an ebook by Andy, and it's absolutely amazing. I think I've read it about three times now. And it, it just it goes in detail either if you're a coach um, uh, or if you're, you're just a uh, recreational lifter. I highly recommend to go and uh, check that out. I think it's like 40 or 50 bucks, and it's worth it like tenfold. It's, it's an amazing, amazing product. That along with... Um, the the muscle and strength pyramids. You just recently came out with the uh, changes and also the physical editions of those book books, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, the last shred actually, so sixty seven dollars. Sixty seven. Um, okay, it's still. But if if you click the link on the homepage, it's sixty seven dollars. But there is an offer page. There's a hidden page. So instead of like forward slash adjustments hyphen manual, which would be the sixty seven dollar one, go to forward slash. Um, last hyphen shred hyphen offer and that will be i think it's uh, 49 dollars. okay so do that there you go um this is this is like a (laughs) this is is a a um (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding go ahead you're 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 upset at me again right um so that this is like what i've tried to do is okay when i coach someone in a diet phase what is my thought process? What are the decision trees? And then I've given examples of actual client data in there, yeah. as, as you know. But that's that is the book and video package, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's video screen shares of me going through client data. So then the the Muscle and Strength Pyramid books. These are the ones that co-authored with Eric Helms and Andrew Valdez. Um, these are nutrition and training. Um, Hierarchies, basically. Thank you. Yeah. Hierarchies of importance on what you need to look at first and why, and then what's the next step. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to training, are you going to look at tempo or are you going to look at overall volume, Mm -hmm. which is more important because you've got some people that are shilling like uh, eight second uh, cadence reps and saying that that's the best thing ever. And okay, there may be some logic behind why that might be good, but if it's not, <laughs> um, but if you miss, if in doing that you screw up the more important um, layers of that hierarchy of importance, then you're you screwing yourself over, mm-hmm. right? So, for example. If you were to do eight-second cadence reps, what's going to happen is you're going to fatigue earlier than you otherwise would, and you are going to get a less, a lower overall training volume in. And we believe from the current state, the evidence, that training volume is pretty much the key driver of hypertrophy right now, muscle growth. And so you wouldn't want to prioritize rep cadence over training 
volume. Mm -hmm. So let's give another example for nutrition. Let's say someone says, um, okay, so here's a spoiler. Supplements are the last thing that people should be looking at. Um, mm -hmm. Let's say that someone says to you, okay, take this green tea. It's going to help you lose fat. It's like, well, okay, what about calories? Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking after our energy balance here because we know we need an energy balance so that we can, um, we need, so we know we need a caloric deficit so that we can lose body weight, hopefully fat, if we have enough protein and we're training right and we have enough carbohydrates so that we can train well enough and we don't have our fat intake so low that it's going to tank our hormones and make everything miserable and we don't have things set up in a way where we're losing weight so fast that we're risking muscle mass losses and also making life miserable and unsustainable as well. It's like, how does all of this fit in? What is the big picture? The reason that we wrote these books, the reason that Eric, he's the chief author, he's really passionate about this and something that I came to be as well. Um, I actually wrote the first articles about Eric's pyramid um, back in 2014, I think. Um, because he made the videos and I made the articles because we kept getting questions that were people who had heard nuggets of information, but they didn't know where they fit in in the bigger picture. Right. So it's like, can I eat just one meal a day? And it's like, well, yes, you can. But is that, you know, so, okay, let's have a look at the one meal a day thing. Well, if your goal is to lose weight, that may help you lose weight. Why? Because it's going to be very tough to eat enough calories mm -hmm. in order to eat more than you need um, so that can help you maintain or lose weight but I mean if you try if you really try you could definitely eat more than you need in a single meal but you'd be eating total crap mm -hmm. um, so this is where people can find themselves in tricky situations. So for example, skip breakfast. I'm a fan of getting people to skip breakfast if they're in a diet phase, if they're not against it and they, they feel good doing so, a lot of my clients do. Um, why can that be a good thing? Well, because then I can eat two meals a day. So you're like, ah, so skipping breakfast is going to help you lose fat. And I'm like, ah, no, not exactly. <laughs> what skipping breakfast is going to do is help you sustain a caloric deficit. Right. Mm -hmm. What's this? It's like, well, it's not about the timing. Meal timing would be the fourth layer on a pyramid. This is just something that is helping you sustain that caloric deficit because you don't really get hungry in the morning. The hunger pangs come and go. And then you get to have um, slightly larger meals than you otherwise would if you're spreading it more across the day because you've got fewer meals, which are going to leave you feeling more... Mm, satiated in the moment and also psychologically um, you'll feel um, like you've had more of a meal like so eating six meals when you're dieting is going to just leave you kind of feeling like a rabbit and can be highly unsatisfying right there's another extreme example there so that's why skipping breakfast can be a good thing for um, can be a useful tool to consider when you're trying to diet right now Let's look at uh, another example. So you may have heard, but but breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And it's like, aha, uh -huh, where does that come from? So there are nuggets of wisdom behind all of these blank statements. The problem is that there's no nuance and there's no bigger picture understanding. When you understand the bigger picture, then you can be like, aha, uh -huh, I know why people say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's because so many people have kept repeating that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, that those that are conscious of their health will tend to purposefully get breakfast at the start of the day. For people that are conscious of their health, they're probably going to be conscious of their health in other ways, and they're going to eat healthier overall. So that population is going to have a lower BMI. Mm -hmm. um, is going to be, uh, which is a, another way of saying they're going to be in uh, better shape, basically, less fat, less obese. Um, it's, but it's not breakfast that's done that. It's just their lifestyle. People who eat breakfast is correlated with lifestyles that tend to be healthier. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas at skip breakfast, it certainly used to be that they're, they're, they're rushed, maybe they woke up late, they're scrambling, they have a quick shower, boom, they dash out, maybe they get a donut on the way to work, which I'm not sure cancer's breakfast, I'm not sure how they can do it. But you know, <laughs> like they're, they're, um, they're a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is why we wrote those books, to help people put um, the hierarchy of importance in their brain so that they can call out shit when they hear it. Right. Yeah. It just, it really helps. It really helps connect all the dots of the questions that you may be having the, the cause and effects of all these, these different things that you may have questions about. It's like that you, you ask about this and then, well, you also have to think about this, that, and the other thing. Uh, so yeah, as far as connecting the dots and actually being a practical guide, cause there's plenty of examples and routines and, uh, uh, yeah, specific examples in that, in those books that are just, uh, in, anybody can understand whether, uh, you're whatever, you're a registered dietitian, or if you're just, uh, an average Joe trying to learn more about training nutrition and how to take those things to the next level. What I'll say is they, they, they are 300 pages each now. Yeah. So it, read them. if you, They're written in an easy-to-read way. Mm-hmm. There may be certain sections that are not relevant to you and you might want to skip. Mm-hmm. There may be certain sections that, you know, they're going to more of the science than you're interested in. That's cool. You can just skip those bits. Um, but if you're only – if you're not – if you're just, like, casually, like, hmm, what's this about, then maybe don't buy them. Just read one of the articles on the website. Right, um, com, sign up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But um, if if like you you want to understand if this is something that you're spending several hours of your time a week on, why not spend uh, two three hours on reading a book and understanding the principles? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's a way to you spend a little time up front, then you save a whole load of um, sweat equity later right yeah yeah that's been the theme of this whole podcast man to be honest like the the whole yeah working working smarter not harder basically is is uh, and and obviously i know i'm not yeah working harder is part of it but there's no reason to work harder than you need to right um, exactly yeah because there are some people out there that they, <laughs> i mean greg uh, what's your language policy on this one uh, oh no say whatever you want come on <laughs> greg uh, greg knuckles is a great great one I never forget him saying this. As, uh, it's like most people, if you look around the gym, train like pussies. <laughs> That's their problem. They train like pussies. Yeah. If they worked a bit harder, they would have grown. Um, so I'm not saying that you don't have to work hard when you're in the gym. Mm-hmm. It's just like you just said. You know, um, it's about putting your efforts in the right places. Right. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Real quick. What's, what's next for you? Is there anything in the works, uh, that, that you're working on next or, uh, anything, any big projects you're looking forward to? Uh, we've got Chinese, Portuguese, uh, Japanese and Italian versions of the muscle and strength pyramids all in the works right now. Um, that's other people working for me, which is the greatest thing in the world, really. Mm-hmm. Well, working in collaboration, I think, should be the phrase that I just used. I didn't mean um, any disrespect there. Um, the thing that I'm working on right now, I think is the most important step for the website, is to make the onboarding when someone signs up um, a, bit, um, a bit better. So how can I make things just a little bit simpler, make the writing a little more friendly? Um, how can I then um, email them. Here's what I'm working on. So when someone comes to the website right now, they sign up, they get a 100-page ebook, they get a macro calculator, and they can figure out the calories and macros, right? Then I'd, I'd drip out to them the five mistakes that people make when they try and implement this. And I teach them how they're going to screw it up before they screw it up, so hopefully they don't screw it up, right? Makes sense, yeah? But then I stop emailing them, and I don't have anything that's going to keep on emailing them automatically. And it's like, when I wants to be emailed, it's like, well, actually, I think I can write emails once a week and drip out like a 52-week automated sequence to help introduce people to um, concepts, lessons that I've learned, little nuggets, so that they can keep on point with things. So, I mean, I've got a list 
got a list here that I can read through so you can you can get an idea. I, I just think that this is going to be, tell me, do you think it would be useful to get something like this? Um, quick email, these are the titles. Advice for next time you have some pain. Mm. The supplements that I recommend to clients. It's going to be a short list. Right? How and why I get clients to track the progress. Um, if you're a hard gainer, this is how to fix it. Um, that email, the hard gainer, this is how to fix it. This is for people who struggle to gain weight. So this is, um, um, he's a race driver. Um, he struggles to gain weight. And I wrote this email for him like, last week, super detailed. And I was like, oh, I could send this out to people. I'm sure they'd find it really interesting. Um, how much progress can I make when cutting on realistic rates of muscle gain? Why am I struggling with my bench press? Um, gut health, be aware of the quacks. These are the kind of things that I've picked up from people I respect. Um, what a client achieved when they broke their arm? What tempo should I lift with? Is it time for me to start using straps to aid my grip? I think I could get out, say, an email a week to people without annoying people. Mm -hmm. That's been my primary concern. I worry that I'll email them and annoy them. Yeah. And I've, I'm kind of struggled to get over the idea that actually, no, people want to hear from me. So I should be emailing them more. Right. And when they're not interested, they'll just unsubscribe. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? There's just this mental block that I'm trying to get over right now. So that's that's the big plan um, that I'm working on right now after this slide has just been refreshed. I love it. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I actually just went through something as well. My entire autoresponder, I spent a long time on it, but it was like... I felt like I was emailing people too much. And I was like, you know what? I just don't like doing this. I feel like I'm bothering people. So I nixed mm -hmm. all of it and I just sent one. Now I just have one basically autoresponder email and then that's it. But um, yeah, but that's, that's cool, man. That's, that's awesome. But uh, cool. Let's see the, so the final plugs, um, where can people, where can people find you? Um, just go to ripbody.com. Um, yeah. The menus should be clean and clear. You can, find anything you want there. Um, the articles are all free. The books, um, uh, you just click the books tab and um, the coaching. If I do do coaching, that's where I make uh, earn a living early. That's what I love to do. But if you're not familiar with my writing just yet, <laughs> then you probably you're not going to see the value in what I do. So, you know, just maybe read around the site and I hope you find that super useful. Um, I don't actually want anything from, from anyone uh, here. I just appreciate you um, giving me an hour of your time to listen in. Sincerely. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Yeah, everybody. And then what about Instagram, though? Come on. What's your what's your Instagram handle? Uh, yeah, Andy underscore ripped body, um, which is kind of a shame because I have to add the caveat every time anytime I meet someone and I'm like oh what's your Instagram it's like Andy underscore Rip Body it's a brand name not a description <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um, oh that's hilarious stuff I post on there is a mix of um, just cute and weird stuff I see in Japan um, sick cars that I see in Japan there's a lot in Tokyo yeah 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 and um, and then I do some fitness stuff uh, mixed in as well um the fitness stuff tends to be on the icons the stuff that stays and then the stories is just what i'm doing day to day some people like it but you know maybe check it out or not Doesn't yeah matter. no no go check it out go check out all of his stuff like people if you haven't even like first thing go to his site go to ripbody.com and just yeah just have fun like you you can stay on there for days honestly the the amount of information that is on there is just mind-blowing and it's better than uh, literally like anything else that i can think of as far as far as free content goes and most paid things so so yeah um definitely go check him out go follow him on instagram send him a dm say hello um and that's that's about it andy thank you so much for doing this man i really appreciate it thank you for having me on that i appreciate it